It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm taking your calls and your questions this afternoon. Give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, and we'll take your call on the air. Of course, you can text me directly if you'd like. Uh, this is this number is for texting only. It's 720-336-0897. If you're just tuning in for the first time, welcome, welcome. You're listening to Calvary Live on Grace FM and the Hope FM radio networks. Grace FM can be heard in Nebraska and Wyoming and Colorado, all the way down to the border of Pueblo West. And Hope FM is heard all over on the East Coast from uh, Pennsylvania, Maryland, uh, New Jersey, and uh, forget the other state, but it'll come to me. I was just out a few weeks ago at the East Coast Pastors Conference, and it was such a blessing to listen to Hope FM as I was driving around the Philadelphia area, and what a blessing it is to be a part of you. Now, remember you guys on the East Coast, just a reminder, if you're listening to this program, it is broadcast to you one week in delay, and if you're here on Grace FM, you're listening to it live, unless it's an encore, which we announced at the beginning of the show. Uh, you are listening live. So give me a call. I'd love to have you. Give me a call. I'd love to talk about the things of the Lord. We're going to be in Bible study tonight at Calvary in Aurora. Calvary in Aurora. We're going to be tackling the topic of God's predestination. Predestination. Uh, what a topic. Looking forward to it. 303-690-3000. Stuff starts at 7 o'clock here. You can uh, listen live on Grace FM. You can watch live through our app and our website, Calvary Aurora, or you can be here live, which is what we prefer. We'd love to have you here and serve you and be in fellowship with you uh, in these last days. 303-690-3000. Lines are lighting up. I'm going right to the phone lines today. Uh, it looks like it's Benin in Denver. Yes, Dennis. Dennis, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing, sir? I'm good, man. What's up? Uh, I just want to... Um was wondering if I can get a, uh, a quick prayer for my for my family. I have a very young family, a two, two-year-old, four-year-old, and a six-year-old, my oldest, and my wife. Um, we're, we're just struggling through um, a lot of hardship. Um, we, we haven't really found a home a home church, or um, we've, we've just been, um, I've been praying for, for God to give us a Bible study once a week for me and my wife to connect spiritually and um, it's just a lot of stress has been happening because of the, because of the children and it's just a lot on our plate. So I was just uh, wondering if I can, uh, just say a quick prayer to, um, just draw closer to Jesus. For sure. So, Are you, do for you my have your family because I just want them to succeed in life and I don't want them to have any of the hardship that I had through my growing up or, um, becoming a man. Do you have your radio on right now? Um, I turn it all the way off and down. Okay, um, that's good because I hear an echo. So yes, let's talk about what, what city are you in and where where do uh, you guys live? I live in Inglewood. Inglewood. So 
where would that be? Like, kind of give me the cross streets, like uh, big cross streets. Uh, in between uh, uh, Santa Fe and Hampton, pretty much. Okay. Um, there, there's a Calvary, a brand new Calvary that's meeting <laughs> at Denver Seminary. Yes. Have you tried them yet? It's called Truth Church. No. Um, they just started renting the building there at uh, Denver Seminary. And let me get you the brothers. That's a church to start. That's right, right near you. Um, and you go south a little bit. Uh, Denver Seminary is right there on on Santa Fe. And let me get you a, some information on that while we're waiting. Because you're right, that, that is one of the places. <clears throat> That's going to be one of the key things in building unity and ministry in your family's life is to be in a church. And, and, I'm, and I'm tired of kind of like trying to find the perfect one and um, just... <laughs> You know, because there's no perfect one, obviously, and right. you're going to have your, your 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 pros and your cons well, wherever you go. And so I'm just trying to humble myself. I'll be 33 years old um, this this summer, so I know it's time for me to really be a, a spiritual leader and, and clean clean myself up too. And I just want to sure. give my my whole heart and everything I have to Jesus because I'm noticing how the world perceives themselves and, and how everyone acts in the world, they don't really take time to understand what the crucifixion and him rising from the dead, what that truly means. And, it, it, and it's starting to mean a lot to me, but I, I really want to um, clean up everything that I have in my life so I can um, put the first fruit for my, for, my, for my wife and for my kids so they can see, right. see the Jesus in me. And it's hard because... Um, a lot of my brothers that have been close to me and the Lord have kind of drifted off, and, um, and they're kind of close relatives, so I just want to keep them um, uplifted, knowing that the world has nothing there for us anymore, and if Jesus has called us to serve a purpose or a mission, then we got to answer that call, and that's all I want to do, and I um, just want to be the best leader I can be. Well, here's the phone number. I want you yes, to... Sir. Here's Here's the phone number for the church. It's 720. Okay. Two one zero, three three six six. That'll be a good beginning, and you know, here's the thing: God is calling you to Himself. He's calling you to a personal, close, intimate walk with Him, and and He's going to begin to put other things in your life in the shadows, so that you can dedicate and devote yourself to to living for Him. And it doesn't depend on your wife, and it doesn't depend on your kids. Your yeah. own personal walk depends on everything upon your mind and your commitment to follow through with the with the presence of the Lord in your life. You know, as Jesus said in John fifteen, that you would abide in Him, and God is yeah. wanting God is wanting you to abide in Him and draw near to Him, just like this phone call starting. It's just yeah. this phone call starting the process and visiting a church is. You know, you're right. None of this perfect church, nobody, nobody, there's no such thing as the perfect church, as you well stated. And um, even our Pastor, criteria. Pastor Eddie, may, may I confirm that telephone number just one more time, please? Sure. It's 720 yes. 210 uh-huh. 3366. Got it. And the brother's uh, pastor's name is Sam. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that information. Yeah, I just, uh, what's been troubling my heart, too, is that, you know, I've, I see the good and bad, and what really um, not depresses me, but really makes me unhappy is when the joy um, 
my my fire for the Lord, and it just when it gets taken away in a sense, where I miss just knowing that um, the joy's there, and, and you're doing everything in your heart to make not so much good deeds to make them happy, but just knowing that you have a a true heart. Well, let me ask you a question. <clears throat> yes. Do you have a job? Yes. How would you, what do you think your boss's name, what, what's your, give me your boss's name. You don't have to give him the real name. Just give me a name. We'll use his name. Uh, Maurice. Okay, so let, let's say Maurice uh, gives you a job and, and he oversees you and all you need to do is show up. That's all you need to do is show up. That's it. Yes. That's, that's your job. Just show up. Yes. What, what, what do you think is going to happen when you don't show up the first day or the second day? Or the third day. How long is Maurice going to wait until your relationship's broken with him? Not that long. Not that long. I mean, even men on the earth realize the value of being where you're supposed to be, and 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 showing up. And if you think of you think of your relationship with God, all these things that are burdened on your heart, all these things that are troubling you, all these things that that are wearing you down, have nothing to do with you showing up. And, and, and abiding in the presence of the Lord, like that life, drawing your very life from your relationship with Jesus Christ so that he will fulfill his promise in your life when he said that he will give you rest. And when you begin to walk in the rest of Jesus, that, that rest he describes in Matthew 11 as rest for your soul, yes. so, some of these other things that are, are going to be immediately cleared up. Some of these other things are going to start gaining context. Some some of these other things you're you're going to find that that your relationship with the Lord is going to is blossoming, which is going to in, increase your relationship with others. And so that's what I'm going to be praying for you. And I don't mean show up at church. That's not what I mean. I mean show up with the Lord, like like moment by moment, living in the grace of God, and making my mind staying my. The Bible says that blessed is that man whose mind is stayed on you. And staying my mind, just like right now, you know, when I'm talking, you're receiving, but then when you talk, you'll say, but I've got this burden, I've got this difficulty, then I'll talk and I'll say, no, let's get our mind back on the Lord. And when your mind's on the Lord, even for 30 seconds, even for three minutes, you're encouraged, you're strengthened. And now God is going to teach you, God is going to teach you as you grow in his grace, he's going to teach you what it means to daily focus your attention on him and draw your strength from him and allow him to really fill you afresh and anew every morning. So let me pray for you. Father, I pray for my friend Dennis, and you know the battle he's been fighting and the desire of his heart. I think there's many people in listening in right now that have a similar desire. They want to see victory and strength. They, they want to see an overcoming life. They, they want to experience your love. He's, they see our own age and we see our age and we're just like, oh, Lord, we want more of you, not less of you. Uh, we want to experience more of your rest. We want to experience more of your power. We want to experience more of your overcoming spirit in our lives. And so I pray for my brother as he turns his attention towards you and so many listening in that they might harness, Lord, the commitment to abide in you and enjoy you and to stay their mind. Lord, help us to keep our minds firmly fixed on you, that you might be our strength day by day. And I pray for some of these things in his heart, Lord, some of the things that are, are really troubling him, 
some of the things that are concerning him, Lord, that we're just going to cast our cares upon you because you care for us and watch you show yourself faith on our behalf. So I pray for my brother, and I look forward to hearing from him next week after he visits the church and what you've spoken to him and how you're going to use that in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you um, very much, Pastor Eddie. I uh, hope you have a, a good evening, sir, and thank you for um, hearing me out. And I'm just going to um, just keep shooting for God's glory because I just I, I love Jesus a lot, and I, I want to see his face. That's all I want to do is see his face. He belie- I believe you. And, and I, you know, God is going to give you that desire. He's already He's already given it to you because it's already yours by faith. Amen. See you, bro. I appreciate it. Have Bye-bye. a good evening. Thanks. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Wow, we've got open lines if you want to grab them. That's not, it's very rare, but they're open. 303-690-3000. Bianca, welcome to the program. How are you doing, Pastor Ed? I'm doing well. How are you? Really good. Well, I have a question, and this might turn into a prayer request depending on where this question goes, but I was studying Romans 9, 10, and 11, and I am still studying it, and I am just a bit confused on some of the things. I don't have my Bible with me right now, otherwise I'd go to specifically what I have questions on, but I was wondering if you maybe had any resources that can help me out in this study, and if maybe you can give me just a brief overview, because I know I want to leave room for other callers too, but anything you have that can help me in studying this subject? Well, Paul turns turns a corner for three chapters in the book of Romans 9, 10, and 11, and he mm-hmm. begins to teach us, inspired by the Holy Spirit, about God's heart for the for the people of Israel or the nation of Israel. Uh, and he tells us about how in chapter 9 they rejected Christ, uh, he, how they rejected what God's purpose was for their life, they rejected God's justice, uh, and even speaks of where they're at presently. And then chapter 10 he talks about the need for the gospel, um, that's where one of our one of the most uh, powerful verses in the scriptures, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. He actually applies that to Israel uh, hmm. and talks about, by application, we can use it with anyone, but his context is Israel, and yet how they still have rejected him, even when the gospel is being preached to them. And chapter 11 gives the future, um, the future Israel. God is not done dealing with the nation of Israel. He knows who are his own, and when you combine chapter 11 with Daniel chapter 9 and also portions of the book of Revelation, you see that God's desire is still to preach the gospel uh, in a powerful, salvific way uh, and in a, in, a, in a totality of those of Israel that receive, um, they're going to be saved. So, Paul is really wanting us to understand, although the gospel is going to the Gentiles right now, and primarily that's who's being saved, that Israel's, yeah. Israel's rejection of Messiah is not final, like it's not complete. 
um, there will be a massive move of God's Spirit upon the nation of Israel that will be championed by uh, the 144,000 in the book of Revelation, of the two witnesses that are raised up, and many of the tribulation saints, people that are receiving Christ during the tribulation. There's going to be a massive move of God's Spirit in the last days that will have a profound effect on the children uh, of Israel. And I don't believe he's referring just to a political boundary, but rather the nation uh, as is, and yet, as you know, being very connected with Israel, you know that that through Aliyah, the Israelis from all around the world are coming home to that land since 1948. Uh, and, And so there's a massive move of God as he's moving his people back home uh, that will prepare for the for the last in end days in the end times. It's fascinating. Yeah, it is because it's really one of my deepest subjects. And you did study through the whole book of Romans, right? Because I've been because I mean, obviously, it's just. These chapters we're talking about, but the last time I checked in the bookstore, they didn't have those studies. But <laughs> no, they're up there. Uh, they're, are you checking on the website or on the app? Obviously, I can't do either because of my machine. But <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What were you referring I'm to when you said check? About the, I'm talking about the bookstore. The bookstore. The CD, like... Are you looking for the CDs? CDs, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they reproduce the CDs anymore. I have to check <laughs> that for you. Uh, we're kind of moving away from CDs as much as we can, all to technology, but that doesn't help someone mm. like you very much. No. I, th- I, thought, um, I thought that you got a new machine where you could surf the, w- the internet a little bit better. No, I'm still waiting on that one. I, but I'm being patient. I still have the same machine uh, I had that's not working too well, but yeah. I know the Lord will answer in his timing, and yeah. so I'm not really too concerned anymore as I was before about I really need to get it. Well, let, let me pray, and uh, let's see what the Lord will Let's see what the Lord will do. God, I pray for my sister as she's gaining understanding and insight on uh, Romans and your heart for the nation of Israel and for those that are Israeli uh, that can trace. I mean, maybe they're not able to, but you're able to trace their bloodline very back, very, right to the people, Lord, that um, uh, you created and that you have identified and separated. And so we just pray, God, even for um, the Book of Romans on CD, we'll have to hunt around and see if we can't find something uh, for our sister to um, to listen to these studies and be able to use them for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Or even on a flash drive would be good, yeah, too, yeah, because I, think we, I know I have a flash drive, too, that I always Yeah, we'll have use. to find out. That, that's easier for us. I know, I know we have flash drives, but we haven't reordered them yet, uh, so mm. I'll, I'll check it out for you, okay, Bianca? All right, then will God bless. All right, bye-bye. 
303-690-3000 is the number we did. We took three years uh, to go through the Book of Romans. What a fascinating study. While we're waiting for some calls to come through, let me give you a, a question from texting. What does the scripture say? Are women to deliver messages in the church settings or to minister to men one-on-one? Well, Timothy uh, delivers for us the, the limitation uh, for women to teach doctrine within the church. And what we, what we interpret that as uh, here at Calvary uh, in many other, um, many other denominations and gatherings of churches is that women are not to hold the, past, the role of pastor or elder uh, within the church. Uh, we know that women hold the role of servant and deaconess and can operate in the gifts, uh, and the primary role of women is to teach women and children. Um, that's God's design. Uh, and so uh, are, are women to deliver messages in the church settings? Uh, I would say no, uh, not, where we, not when men are present. And secondly, are, are women to minister to men one-on-one? While the Bible doesn't say anything uh, in particular, for example, could a woman pray for a man one-on-one? Uh, could a woman open up the Bible and, and answer uh, Bible questions without giving doctrine? The answer in a practical sense is yes, but is that wise? I would say no. I can tell you here at, at Calvary, um, we, we hold to a principle here where men minister to men and women minister to women. Uh, and we do that just even as you were reading this. If you're one of the folks that, that reads through the Proverbs every day, uh, Proverbs chapter 7 um, speaks of uh, a very difficult situation with uh, a woman that is enticing a man. Uh, and uh, sometimes in counseling sessions, because of the stuff that you're talking about and and broken marriages and unfulfilled desires and stuff, a man doesn't need to hear a woman's that stuff from a woman, and a woman doesn't need to hear that stuff from a man. And so what we do here is men minister to men, and women minister to women, and even then, uh, we don't want to go into the deep things. Uh, we don't want to go into the deep things of the personal emotions that people feel because um that's not. We don't need to know all that in order to give a biblical uh, answer. Uh, and so uh, I think the Bible is uh, pretty clear on the matter, uh, and I know there's a great debate. I don't judge other churches. I don't stand in judgment. I'm not God on other churches that believe differently. Uh, and may the Lord, uh, may they stand before the Lord and give account for their, their ministry. But there's a lot of gifted women teachers. I think of a, a Beth Moore or a oh the gal that does precept um, the gal that the woman that does precept is named something K Arthur thank you K Arthur um, Cheryl Broderson is a great uh, women's Bible teacher we have her on Grace FM um, K Smith was a great Bible teacher teaching women so um, that's what we hold to here and. Other churches disagree, and it's one of those things that um, we don't need to emphasize our disagreements. We need to find common ground and go after the lost. 303-690-3000 is the number. Samuel, welcome to the program. Yes, sir. How are you doing today, Mr. Ed? I'm doing great. How are you? Very well, thank you. I have a, uh, a question that really uh, concerns me. I teach, you know, I, I teach Bible studies, and I've noticed more and more that People are harboring a lot of unforgiveness towards themselves. Okay. And, you know, 
I, I, I speak with them frequently about the fact that they really need to, you know, understand that that's a burden they shouldn't be carrying. But the thing is, is I can't, I, I, I'd like to know where it speaks of this in the scriptures. Well, the Bible doesn't really say, uh, with using those words, that you need to forgive yourself. Um, the, the Bible speaks a lot about forgiveness, and forgiveness is, is almost exclusively spoken of as forgiving others uh, through the love, through love and an expression of agape toward others. So when I think of someone, now what you describe is true. Uh, there are a lot of people that are holding uh, all kinds of grievances against themselves uh, in the form of regret, uh, in the form of, of beating themselves up, in the form of living under condemnation. And so while, while the world might say you need to forgive yourself, the Bible says that you and I need to learn to receive the forgiveness that's ours in Christ Jesus. So for example, if I'm, I'm still beating myself up over a sin of five years ago and I'm letting it affect me today, it's not a matter of me forgiving myself. It's a matter of me trusting God for what he has already done. Like when, when, I don't, when I don't accept the forgiveness of God, then what I'm effectively saying is that the blood of Jesus Christ isn't enough. And when I say the blood of Jesus Christ isn't enough, then I become a mocker of God. And so I, I don't like to use the world's terms when it comes to that because it's better to say in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation. Uh, the Bible says as far as the east is from the west, so far as God removed our sins from us, and if, if God would hold our sins against us, the Bible says, who could stand? So while God forgives us, we then take the place of God and in a very prideful way don't allow ourselves to experience the forgiveness of God of a past sin. Right, right. And, and, and unfortunately, what I've found to be true, though, is, okay, and here's an example. I mean, it's kind of a generic one. But, say, you know, when people, when, like when children's parents break up, they blame themselves. And I've seen similar type of things with adults today, not necessarily of, of parents breaking up, but things that have happened in their family. And I've told them, you know what, if it, you can't blame yourself for their actions, and it's in the past, you have to let go. You have to give it, give it over, to, like, you know, like you look, you're forgiving anyone else, and like you said. You know, we're not, we should not be condemning ourselves for something from our past, but a lot of people really beat themselves up. They do. Things, and it, it's really sad because then what happens is it brings up all the dirt from that experience. It does. And it causes them to not be able to focus on, on the Lord. It does. And, and it's, it, that in and of itself, my friend, is sin. Because this is a matter, this is such an important question. I'm glad you asked it. What I'm going to do if you want to hang on, uh, we're coming up on the break right now, and I want to reserve the rest of my answer to the other side of the break. Can you do that? Uh, yeah, that's no problem. Thank yeah. you, Pastor Ed. Yeah, you bring up uh, such an important thing that is an undermining of our faith, and I'll give a couple examples, and we'll look at it together, because uh, especially the one, and you're right, uh, I do minister and serve a lot of people, uh, specifically uh, in the breakup of a marriage where they, as a child, take that person like it was their fault. And 
and and it becomes a matter of faith. And I'll explain it after the break. Okay, so hold on. Okay, thank you. Hey, we've got open lines three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Uh, very rarely at the half point of the show do we have open lines, so give us a call three zero three six nine. 3000 We do have Bible study tonight here at Calvary in Aurora. We're taking your calls, taking your questions, and open to what the Holy Spirit wants to accomplish in our lives. And what a great question we're going to bring back as the first question of the second half. As Samuel talks about this notion of forgiving yourself and taking the blame uh, or even being blamed for things that you're not responsible for, what should you do? That's a great question. It has everything to do with our personal walk with the Lord. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live, Pastor Ed Taylor, taking your calls and questions. Hang on. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to Calvary Live. Blessed that you've chosen to join us this afternoon. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary in Aurora. Uh, Just honored and blessed to talk to you about the things of God and pray with you, pray for you. Uh, talk about the things that are on your mind and see if we can't find an answer in the scriptures together. Of course, if we can't, we'll just pray and keep searching so that the Lord might reveal things to us in the right time. But may you use this time on Grace FM and on Hope FM uh, to be encouraged to remember the faithfulness of God in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation uh, and the difficulty of the dark days in which we live, knowing that God is shining the light of the gospel and has to us. Now, if you're joining us on the second half of the program here, uh, we we had half of a call with Samuel uh, before the break. He was talking about this phrase, forgiving yourself. And Samuel, are you still with us? Yes, sir. And we answered that that's not really a phrase in the scriptures, but it, there is something to describe that, that worldly concept biblically, and that is a person that doesn't accept and receive the forgiveness of God. They'll, they'd rather... Uh, they'd rather at times wallow in self-pity or they would rather hold things against themselves, like punishing themselves uh, in, uh, constantly for mistakes that they've made or perceptions that they feel instead of accepting the forgiveness of Jesus Christ for those sins. And what happens uh, to the person that uh, feels like, as you said, that maybe uh, an, a generic example was their parents got divorced and they've just lived with this guilt in their lives all the way up till today. And they just feel like it's their fault. So they beat themselves up over it. And what the world calls won't forgive themselves. The Bible speaks of won't accept fully the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. It's become a hindrance to them uh, because they were told that it was their fault or that somebody laid a guilt trip on them or, or a variety of different things. It's a very real example. And I know many people listening in, are living this th- this right now. Uh, they're, they're living this very example. So then what do we do? Well, if you sat on the couch, Samuel, and you were hungry, uh, and I told you that there's food in the refrigerator, just go get it. 
and you decide just to sit on the couch and not get the food and continue to say you're hungry, what's right. the what's the end result of that? The end result is you're going to continue to be hungry. You're going to continue to be in that current condition, and you don't believe me that there's food in the refrigerator. Because if you did believe me, you would act on what you believe. But instead, through the choices that you have, you've chosen not only to to, to either not believe or set aside temporarily that piece of belief, that faith. And you might call it laziness. You might call it, uh, I don't like your food. You might call it a lot of things. But if you choose to continue to sit on that couch, you're going to continue to choose to be hungry. And when it comes to the things of the Spirit, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says and teaches that Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection, is the sufficient price to be paid for your sin and mine. And and we only have two choices when it comes to the finished work of Christ. We either believe it or we don't believe it. But there's not a third option. Right. And when you think of this person, for example, that we're counseling, let's say they were in my office tonight, and I said, Jesus Christ is forgiven you of all of your sin, and whatever happened in your parents' marriage, it was not your fault. You were seven years old. A seven-year-old doesn't carry, nor does he create, uh, any of the kind of turmoil that happened in your parents' life. Your parents chose to divorce they chose to end the marriage, uh, and then the person says, but you don't understand, it feels like it's my fault because I was such a rotten kid and I did so many bad things, and I come back and say, I know that you feel that way and you probably were a rotten kid, but it wasn't your fault. But you don't understand, Ed. I feel like, no, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Your parents made their own decision. And even whatever, maybe there was one time you said something and that night that they told you that they were getting a divorce, they yelled at you because you were disrespectful. It's still not your fault. And here's your choice. Your choice is to believe that even anything that your parents are blaming on you are, is not your fault. If you choose to believe that, then you are free from it. But if you choose to believe continually beating yourself up and thinking that you could have done something to save your parent, then you're going to live in un- unbelief and because you're living in unbelief, you're going to su- suffer the consequences of unbelief. And it really has nothing to do with your parents' divorce. It has everything to do with you either believing or not believing right here, right now. And that's, right. that's the issue. That's the issue when you come to someone that's in a group and says, I just can't forgive myself. No, you don't need to forgive yourself. You just need to trust that God has forgiven you and live that way. Amen. There, there's also a case of where this person had someone, you know, just another another instance, someone had something that done to them that was wrong, and they've forgiven them, and they feel like they owe them. And when I dug a little deeper, I found out that the person that wronged them was able to somehow put a guilt trip onto them yeah. to where now they feel like even though they forgi- now that they've forgiven them, they owe them. I mean, and, and now all of a sudden there's 
there's bitterness, there's anger. I mean, I, I couldn't believe this one instance. I mean, yeah. the hatred, anger, and bitterness that came out, and I saw it, but I didn't bring it up at that time because it, it was not the appropriate time for it to be brought up. It's a, It's amazing how the enemy can have a field day with us through unforgiveness, through bitterness. They're all manifestations of a lack of faith. And I don't mean the faith movement faith. I mean just trusting God at his word. Um, you know, sometimes we allow what people say, we allow our feelings to undermine what the Bible says. And we choose to believe other people than we do the Bible. And, and so I can extend forgiveness to someone, and if they're unrepentant and they don't receive it, or they continue to act in sin, I have to, re- I have to repetitively re- forgive them every single time. And I can't confuse the fact that because they're unrepentant and, I, and they don't want to have a relationship with me, they want to continue to, to go after me or do whatever they're doing, uh, I, I can't confuse that with the fact that I forgive you. And, and as soon as there's repentance, we can build a relationship again. Uh, but what I won't allow, and by faith I hopefully I won't allow, is that someone's lack of forgiveness and reconciliation toward me to control my life. They don't control my life. God controls my life. And, and all the people that surround them, all the slander, all the gossip, all the gain, I, that does not control me. I am under the influence of the Holy Spirit, and I need to surrender myself to him. And when people come up and, and they come up either in my mind or they come up in actions or, or things get back to me, I forgive. I don't have time to live in unforgiveness and allow the enemy to distract me, like to spend time. I don't have time to spend on the stirring up of the enemy. I only have time to spend on the stirring up of the Lord. And as you walk somebody through these things, as you walk somebody through these things and you help them understand that at any given moment in their life, they're either trusting God or not trusting God. It's a powerful truth uh, that that really will will help them uh, to grow in their daily understanding of abiding in Christ. And other people cannot interrupt my abiding relationship. Only I can through unbelief. And I have I have one more because I, I, I know we're, I'm eating up a lot of time, I'm sorry. But okay, here's 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 what here's another instance is what's happening is that they believe that since they've forgiven this person, they have to have a relationship with them. It would be the best scenario. That would be the absolute best scenario. That's where God gets the victory. That's where the world uh, is shown the agape love. And, and oh, wouldn't that be awesome? But I'm telling you, not everybody repents. They stay in their sin. And you can't have fellowship with darkness. And so while that's God's best, and we should always be praying for it because God can do it, it's not always possible because part of that's not under our control. Thank you. Thank, yeah, thank you, because I've, I've tried to explain to them that if you forgive someone and they keep telling you, well, you know what, how can you be a Christian and you're not answering my calls, you're not hanging out with me, but yet they do the same thing over and over again, that's crazy. I, I, and I told him, I said, you know, the Bible speaks about not being, well, I, that's basically unequal yoke, plus there's also another one where it talks about not being with gospels and... Uh, there has like, to be. 
even but, God. Yeah. Well, it, it, this is it's make it simple. Uh, covers every situation. In order for real relationship to take place, there needs to be repentance. That even God does not have relationship with unrepentant people. The only relationship He has with unrepentant people is sending His Holy Spirit to bring about conviction of sin. And a person that's continually sinning can't have fellowship. This is what the Bible says. You can't have fellowship with a person in uh, in continual sin. It's impossible. Here's what it says. Here's what the Bible says, 1 John 1. Uh, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if you get two people together in the room, and they're both broken, and they're both you know, just so broken before the Lord, and the key to, the key to true relationships and repentance is humility. And may the Lord bring that to us. God bless you, bro. I'm going to get some other calls here. Okay, thank you. Have a great day. All right, bye-bye. 303-690-3000. What victory comes through brokenness and humility? What victory comes by daily forgiveness and patience in the Holy Spirit awaiting God's best in relationships? What what joy. We, we, have, a, we have an example of that with Jesus between two men, Peter and Judas. Peter was broken and repentant and returned to the Lord. Judas was prideful and filled with worldly sorrow, and he hung himself. Which one had relationship with Jesus? The broken one. 303-690-3000 is the number. Let me get back to my call screen here and move over to Bob is driving uh, from Denver to Fort Collins or vice versa. Bob, welcome to the program. Uh, we dropped him. Sorry, Bob. Call back. Michael is calling from Denver. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed, and God bless you. How are you, sir? I'm good. What's up? Well, you know, you were talking about forgiving about forgiving uh, yourself and stuff and yes. the subject matter. And uh, I, I want to relate very quickly to you just uh, what happens to a person who doesn't receive the forgiveness that God gave us through his son Jesus on the cross. Okay. I spent because of my parents divorcing many years ago when I was really really young. Uh it had a traumatic effect on myself and my two older siblings. And it caused each of us to go on our own individual destructive paths uh because of uh, the effects of what happened. And I went in that path, in my path, and I started doing things. I started sinning in ways that no one should, and I ended up doing that from uh, about age 13 or 14, and I went into my adult life doing it and never got shut down. And all through that time, I felt great shame and, and, and all the stuff that goes with that um, to the point that um, <clears throat> I lived as a hypocrite. I mean, yeah. when I was 17, I received Jesus as, as my Savior. But because of those factors, I played games with God, and I couldn't, I couldn't get past myself as far as um, what I what I was doing 
I lived as a, as a, as a hypocrite. Yes. And because of that, I played games and I, and I lost out the majority of my adult life, uh, playing games and not getting serious with God. It wasn't until here later in years now, and I'm 60 years old that I've learned to do what the scriptures tell me to do, which is to put the past behind me. Yes. And I paid, I paid the consequences for my, for my sinful life. Let me, let me add too, just for many people listening in that may not have such a dramatic testimony, but, but in our lives, we live that way in many moments of our lives. We live hypocritical lives, not, not just, not just in the broad time frame that you're describing, but each time we respond in unbelief or each time we're carnal or each time we're in the flesh, we're doing the exact same thing you did for years. And when you do that regularly over and over again, and you live faithlessly or you live not believing what God's word says, it, I find it interesting to find in my own life that I, I believe God with all my heart that he died for me and for, to forgive me of my sins. And yet there are times in my life where I live in such a way where I don't believe other things of his, of his word. I don't believe that he fully forgiven me. And it's not like I'm falling away and losing my salvation. It's just, I'm not, I don't believe it. And I live in a, I live in a, in a world that doesn't honor the Lord. And, and so whether it's a long period of time or short periods of time every day, abiding in the vine is where our true source of life comes from. Well, the thing is, Pastor, I lived two, I, I lived, I, I lived two lives. Wow. I, was, I was born again, but I wasn't walking as a Christian. Right. I, per, I spoke perfect Christianese, you, and I... You were this. Let me let me describe what you were. You were an unbelieving believer. Well, yeah, and I could yep. put on the, and I had two faces. Yeah, well, I could put on I could put on the perfect Christian face and and speak Christianese to to the max, and but yet I still had my secret my secret life, right. and uh, throughout the years it caused me to isolate myself away from people. Yes, and it caused me to didn't to start feeling like I wasn't I wasn't lovable and I did and I did that I was not lovable and I, I wasn't worthy worthy of being loved and it caused me not to love. And it caused me to become a a lone wolf. Just keep myself, protect mm. myself. Well praise and the mental, Lord he's got you. Mental defenses and stuff. Yeah. Bare walls and, and barricades and stuff built up in my mind you couldn't get close to me yeah and the only part of you yeah that ever people ever saw was well i allowed them to see yes it wasn't here until a number of years back that i got a, a group of very godly loving peak christians took the time to invest time in me yeah well thanks for and, calling. And look at me thanks for sharing that i know that many people have been encouraged Basically, I, I learned. I'm, 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 I've learned a lot on how to put my past behind me. Amen. I'm still learning how to do it more so. Yes. Daily, and I'm learning it through the scriptures that God does not hold my past behind me, and I shouldn't hold my past in front of me either. Amen. That I need to put it behind me and let God do His work. I'm. He took a granted heart. 
and put and put one big one crack in that granite heart, and the heart broke, and their inside was a beating heart. Amen. Thanks, brother. God bless you. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. What a great testimony to follow up on that previous caller. Um, good and encouraging. Like the Lord is wanting to show you that victory is there. Um, you know, here's a here's a text that came through step by step, moment by moment. That is the truth. Yesterday is gone, tomorrow's not here, but we live in the moment and our moment by moment abiding in the vine knowing that we draw our life resources from God and not from not from our flesh and that we believe the truth and refuse to believe the lie and because life is complicated and it interacts with other people we allow other people to define our life but that's not abiding we allow other people's unforgiveness and bad actions toward us but that's not abiding we allow the, the hurt and the pain to define us, but that's not abiding. Um, God has a comfort in a, our hurt and our, our previous hurts and what's been done to us or even what we've done to others. There's provision for that. It's called the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, may the Lord strengthen us to be filled with his spirit, abiding in him. 303-690-3000 is the number. You guys uh, on the East Coast, call us, call us. Don't let all the Colorado guys call. Um, we want to hear you guys from Maryland, from New Jersey, uh, from Pennsylvania. Call us. Uh, Baltimore, Philadelphia. Stephanie from Parker, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hi. Um, so I was just calling for a prayer request today. Um, I found out a couple months ago that I have to have a transplant. Okay. And... Since then, I've really been struggling just knowing that God does have a plan for what's happening, and a lot's happening, and it's really scary. Yes. It's okay to be scared. And it's just, they keep telling me I have to maintain my stress levels and not get really stressed, but it seems like every day something else is hitting me upside the head, and it just... I don't know. I know he has a plan. I just, I'm not seeing anything right now. Well, I mean, facing, facing significant health issues and a significant uh, surgery and any of the complications or the difficulties that might arise um, definitely is going to stir up in us emotions and fears and, and anxieties. And we're human. Uh, we live, we live in a broken world and, and so we're gonna we're gonna be challenged with our feelings. We're gonna be challenged with our emotions. Um, but but what is it? It it is exactly what we it's exactly what we were talking about in previous calls. It seems like that's the theme of our show today. It you're you have been brought to a very dramatic. Not everybody's brought to a dramatic place uh, so early on in life. But here you are. You've been brought to a dramatic place of who will you trust. And we get a little discouraged, don't we, when we find out that we, we aren't always trusting in the Lord like we thought we would. Uh, and the good news, of course, is, is this psalm, uh, one of the psalms that just so blesses me. Um, I think it's in Psalm 103 uh, where we're just 
where God is, God's compassion and mercies are described. Let me see if I can find it here. And he talks about how he, in Psalm 103, verse uh, 11, it says, <clears throat> For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. He knows our frame, and he remembers that we are dust. Now, pity isn't the best translation. I like how the New Living Translation translates it. He says, the Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those that fear him. He understands how weak we are, and he knows that we're only dust. And you've just been brought to a place, a challenging place that is stirring up anxiety, revealing to you weakness in your life. You would never know the kind of weaknesses you're feeling right now until the doctor said, you need a transplant. Yeah. And now that you've known that your body isn't, you know, because all of us are working with imperfect bodies. All of us are working with we're all on, we're all on limited time, you know? Yeah. Um, and we just don't know when that day is. We just don't know. Um, and because, the, because of the condition of your body, the doctors are revealing to you the seriousness of this situation. But ultimately, nothing's changed. You're still, you're still going to pass away the day that God has ordained. Yeah. Me too. So we just don't know what that day is. Um, but the fact that you're responding this way the fact that real emotions are being stirred up in you doesn't make you a bad believer. Uh, it just reveals in you areas of, of lacking trust and faith. Um, I get worried all the time. I, it's such a sin in my life, uh, and I, I hate it. I've been, I was like that as an unbeliever, and as a believer, it's so much better, but I wish I could say I don't worry about anything the rest of my life. No, I do. And when I worry about things over which I have no control over, I demonstrate to myself and even to those around me areas of unbelief in my life and areas where God is saying, see, Ed, you need more of me and less of you. Like, remember John the Baptist? He said, Jesus is coming. And what did he say? He must increase and I must decrease. So even in a weakened state like you are right now, even in a time where it's scary and you're concerned and maybe even passed over into worrying anxiety, the Lord still wins because they, they, he turns it around and draws you to himself, and he turns it around and encourages you, and, and you as a daughter come closer to him, not farther away. Yes. And we don't want to minimize these things, though. They are, they are sin against God, a holy and righteous God, and he wants us to lay them down before him and say, you're right, God, I'm scared. You know, it's different. It's different. There, there's a distinction between anxiety and, uh, and worry and being scared. Yeah. And you know what? Somebody in your place facing what you're facing, hearing the words that your doctor said, being scared and concerned is a normal reaction. It's a normal reaction. And even being responding in worry and anxiety is normal. Now, just because it's normal doesn't mean it's right, but it's normal. You're not an alien and you're not a robot. And God is showing you these emotions and these things in your life that he wants to carve off. Remember Paul? We're almost up on the show, but remember Paul? Mm-hmm. He had what, was what the Bible calls a thorn in his flesh? Yeah. So let's say it was this transplant 
let's say for him, we don't know what it was, but let's say for him he was concerned about getting a transplant. And then, of course, in the ancient days, forget about it. It's <laughs> They don't have the technology we have today. And so what does he do? He cries out to the Lord three times, take it away. I don't want this in my life anymore. I can't deal with it. And God's answer was, my grace is sufficient for you. He didn't even deal with the thorn, did he? No. He just said, it's almost like he said, yeah, I know you, I know you have the thorn, but here's your answer. My grace is sufficient for you because what's happening, Paul, let me tell you what's happening. You don't, you probably don't see it right now and you probably don't feel it, but let me tell you what's happening in your weakness. My strength is being made perfect and you may not see it right now and you may not feel it right now. And Stephanie, you may not even like that answer right now. The truth is this, God is with you and he loves you and he's, he's going to take you home when it's your time and you're not going to leave one second early and you're not going to stay one second late and you can trust him with your life when you have health, you can trust him in, the, in your life with this transplant that you need and that he loves you and he's not condemning you for your feelings, he's just saying, come closer to me, daughter, lay aside your weights and have all the burdens that are carrying you down, weighing you down, and come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I kind of put two scriptures together there, but yeah. Romans and Matthew. But that's the word of the Lord to you. God bless our sister and encourage her and keep her close in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Bye bye. Hey, thanks for joining me. Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow. What an honor and a privilege to serve the Lord and to serve your life. I, I'm, I'm blessed and honored. I don't deserve it, but God has been so good. Have a great night. See many of you tonight, 7 p.m. here at Calvary Aurora. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.